0: This was an article on reason and I wanted to cover it because this is something that sex workers have been saying and people refuse to listen because it seems counterintuitive uh, to them for some reason. But to anyone who is familiar with the sex work industry, then we know, um, you know, this to be true. This is exactly why predators target us and try to abuse us because they know that we can't trust the police for help. Criminalization is a trap. It's hard to get a conventional job when you have a criminal record. Potential employers won't hire you. The law forces you to keep selling sex.
1: You are tuned into Swapcast, where we make a serious effort to say words that are worth hearing. In the audio clips, you just heard Stacy Swim uh, speaking on safety at CNN and Juno Mack at a TED Talk. And bringing it in with Phoenix Kalita. Let's go.
0: According to Reason.com, rape rates go down as countries legalize prostitution, but rise with sex work prohibition. And they cite a study in here from the Journal of Law and Economics, which says, quote, liberalizing prostitution laws leads to a significant decrease in rape rates, while prohibiting it leads to a significant increase. Yeah, that fucking tracks. For the study, researchers Hua Gao and Vanya Petrova of China's Fudan University looked at data from 31 European countries spanning a period between 1990 and 2017. That's a lot of time. During this period, eight countries, Spain, Denmark, Hungary, the Netherlands, Germany, Slovenia, Latvia, and Romania liberalized their uh, prostitution laws. I almost said pollution. Oh, my goodness. Liberalized their prostitution laws, while six countries, Sweden, Croatia, Norway, Iceland, France, and Ireland, cracked down on prostitution. I also like the... um, honesty of that by saying that Sweden is cracking down on prostitution. A lot of people will try to convince you that the Nordic model is actually pro-sex worker, that it helps sex workers, that it's not cracking down on sex workers, even though um, in practice, the way that that those policies are implemented, they absolutely hurt sex workers. So I'm glad that that was acknowledged in this study. A lot of people don't want to admit that the Nordic model is actually um, harming sex workers. So the article continues overall liberalizing prostitution laws was li- linked to a significant decrease in rape rates while prohibition was linked to a significant increase but the magnitude of these shifts was far from equal rather the magnitude of prohibiting commercial sex is about 4 times as large as that of liberalizing it right gao and petrova the average rate rate in the sample countries was 9 rapes per 100,000 people Countries that liberalized prostitution laws saw a decrease of approximately three rapes uh, per 100,000 people relative to to countries that did not change their prostitution laws. Meanwhile, countries that banned or further criminalized prostitution saw an increase of around 11 rapes per 100,000 people relative to the control countries. Gow and Petrova classify each country as having one of four models of prostitution— on the prohibition side is criminalization, in which both selling and paying for sex are illegal. That's what most, most of the United States is, right? And then the Nordic model, or end-demand model, also known as the equality model, in which paying for sex is illegal, but offering paid sex is not, but... Anything associated with uh, prostitution-related crimes is still illegal. So you still can't live with someone who's a sex worker. You still can't rent from rent an apartment from a landlord and use the money you make as a sex worker to pay your rent. So you are criminalized in other ways under that model.
1: People who are swerves oftentimes come at it from a comically selfish perspective, a comically narcissistic perspective, which is i cannot imagine a world in which i would consent to doing this so you can't either you must be forced into doing this and they will look for any and every person that actually may have been forced or coerced into doing it to re-justify their preconceived biases that's it
0: But on the uh, liberalization side are legalization in which selling and paying for sex are legal under certain circumstances, such as in state-sanctioned brothels or red light districts or with a special sex worker permit, but still highly regulated and a crime outside these circumstances. And then the fourth model is decriminalization, which is what most sex workers prefer and are pushing for, in which neither selling nor paying for consensual sex is a criminal act with no requirement that it take place in some sort of special circumstances in order for it to be legal. And I think it's always worth noting the distinction between legalizing and decriminalizing. A lot of people get really confused about that. People will point to, you know, Germany, for example, or the brothel system in Nevada and say, but we could legalize it. Why don't we do that? So here's the thing. Legalizing is better than criminalization, which is what we have throughout most of the U.S. But the problem with legalizing is that people always end up getting left behind. So under legal models, you have to follow the rules that the government sets out in order to work legally. So that could have, um, you know, specific connotations like you're only allowed to work in certain places. You're only allowed to work in certain days. You have to be on a certain registry. You have to pay certain licensing fees or um, pass a background check. Or you can't do sex work if you already have a felony conviction or something like that. And so legalizing is definitely better than a full criminalization model, but it still does leave a lot of folks vulnerable, and that's something uh, that sex workers are trying to prevent, and that's why we push for decrim instead of legalizing, right? Because it shouldn't matter. If you're too poor to afford a licensing fee and sex work is how you make your money, then you still deserve to work safely without being arrested for it. That is, um, you know, the, the, the premise that we're starting from, so... Just, you know, I know everyone who is a regular uh, in sex work forums knows this, but it's always someone's, you know, someone is coming here for the first time all the time. So we got to we got to let folks know. So, decriminalization schemes are further characterized as either abolitionism, in which brothels are okay, or new abolitionism, in which brothels are explicitly banned. An example of a country with a new abolitionist decriminalization scheme is Denmark, where commercial sex per uh, per se carries no criminal penalties, but keeping a brothel is a crime punishable by up to four years imprisonment. See, as I was just saying about the legal thing, there's always these loopholes that someone can't, um, you know, abide by. Uh, and in this case, they're talking about brothel keeping. Please keep in mind that doesn't necessarily mean, like, a madam who runs a brothel, right? That's kind of the stereotype. But that can also, depending on the country, jurisdiction, and really prosecutorial discretion, brothel a brothel can just be two sex workers who happen to be roommates, and they both do sex work, right? And obviously... We don't want two sex workers who happen to live together or maybe work together to be charged for brothel keeping. Because
1: sounds like a bit too much of the prisoner's friend, if you ask me.
0: That's not the spirit behind those laws, so.
1: And think about, like, just the the patriarchy of it, that, like, that is how um, regulated women are, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, it's actually fun. Have you, uh, I'm sure folks have seen those articles where it's like, 10 wacky laws you never knew about and like inevitably almost one of them is always something like um girls in this college town can't have more than like two like two female roommates in an apartment at one time and that is usually not true but the the foundation or like where that sort of urban legend comes from is the brothel keeping laws so yeah so when you see one of those little quirky like i never knew this was a law it was a law that was literally created to hurt sex workers so yeah That's how those happen.
1: Sex workers are probably another form of witches.
0: Among the prostitution liberalization models, decriminalization has a stronger effect on reducing rape than legalization does. Yes. Uh, This is according to the researchers. The yes was me. I knew that was coming because... Well, I'm in these circles. (laughs) When you start talking to people and really listening to their life experiences, they can very clearly articulate what policies they need, what protections they need. Like, you don't have to guess. You can just ask them. They'll tell you. I promise. Um, The article also notes that among the prostitution prohibition models, the Nordic model has a stronger effect on increasing rape than criminalization does. Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. And this is something uh, that sex workers have been saying. A big reason sex workers have always been critical of the Nordic model is that by criminalizing clients, you are essentially saying that sex workers are constantly in company of criminals, which then opens sex workers up to being scrutinized by police, being followed by police. Um, We've had instances where police are literally like filming sex workers or recording sex workers on audio devices with their clients as evidence against the client's. Right, so even though a sex worker technically can't be arrested for doing sex work or for um, offering sexual services, it's still really creepy to think that cops can follow to your ho- follow you to your house, and record you having sex with someone for something that's not a crime on your end. Fucking creepy. Okay. Just saying.
1: Not a crime.
0: That's not... Police filming you having sex is not a crime, but apparently filming yourself having sex and putting it on OnlyFans is something that they want to be a crime. Yeah, like, Go fucking figure.
1: If it's not a crime, what is the officer's RAS, R-A-S, reasonable, articulable suspicion?
0: Hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, the last bit was somewhat surprising, meaning full criminalization is linked to less of an increase of in sexual assaults than criminalizing only prostitution customers, and perhaps important to keep in mind as advocates push for the Nordic model uh, prostitution laws in the United States. Honestly, I don't think that that's su- um, surprising because this... Um because right now, like, under a criminalization model, police are generally just going to arrest you for, like, a basic prostitution charge. Whereas under a Nordic model, they need to be more creative and find other ways to fuck with you, basically, right? Yeah. Because even in the United States, I don't really hear a lot of stories about, um, you know, cops going to, like, the <coughs> your landlord and, t- like, threatening to accuse your landlord of being a pimp for letting you live there. Under the Nordic model, that kind of happens a lot. So, I'm honestly not surprised. Um, uh, Rape rates in all 31 countries studied increased between 1990 and 2017, but the increase in prohibited countries is clearly greater than in control countries or even in countries that liberalized prostitution laws, say researchers. From 1990 to 2017, the average rape rate in prohibited countries increased—whoa, this is actually more than I expected— From 1990 to 2017, the average rape rate in prohibited countries increased from 7.7 to 36.81 per, uh, so that's a 380% increase. In contrast, rape increased, uh, from 6.49 to 9.71, which is a 50% increase in liberalized countries. Um, wow. Yeah. And in the control countries, uh, let's see, the rates were from 4.67 to 8.48, which is an 82% increase. Also, maybe we should talk about why the rape rates are increasing. We should probably talk about that. Uh,
1: Increasing in, like, do they have a time frame up there in that 1990
0: to 2017.
1: 90 to 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously I could speculate my behind off, but maybe that's not responsible right now.
0: I mean, I think there's definitely, um, like a lot of things, right? So we have more ability to report right um for victims Mm -hmm. there's like slight slightly less shame for victims to come out depending on circumstances we definitely have a rise in the sort of um like toxic rogue manosphere that's where that's
1: exactly where i was going yeah
0: i'm sure that that accounts for a significant um amount again
1: like when you have a little eight-year-old boy telling the grade three teacher i love andrew tate like they're being trained young yes they are yeah
0: And in the study, Gao and Petrova, those are the researchers, also note that in, quote, recent years, the anti-prostitution movement fueled by ideological concerns about gender inequality and human trafficking has gained momentum. But our results suggest that policies aimed at prohibiting prostitution can have severe unintended consequences of sexual violence. Yeah. Uh, Countries with and without prostitution law changes had parallel trends in rape rates prior to any policy changes, Most of the divergences in rape rates started occurring after a country changed its prostitution laws, suggesting that these shifts may not be merely correlated, but casual, say, researchers. Uh, They find further support for casual interpretation in the fact that shifts in rape rates seen in countries with prostitution policy policy changes do not correspond to shifts in rates of serious non-sexual crimes, such as homicide, burglary, or robbery. Interesting. Gow and Petrova do offer the caveat that changes in prostitution laws might not be random. It is possible that a country changes uh, the laws as part of a general program to improve women's social status and is thus instituting other policies that may affect rape rates. And although attempted control for uh, they attempted to control for this in various ways, these techniques may not fully address all possible non-randomness of prostitution laws. That is an interesting um, wording to me when they say that It's possible a country that changes laws as part of a general program to improve women's social status. So, basically, giving women more social status, more social equity, more rights is causing more rapes. And as we know, rape is about power, control, domination. It's not actually about lust. So, yeah, it actually makes sense that the more rights you give women, the more sexual violence that you're going to see um, enacted by those who think women don't deserve those rights. And honestly, you see a lot of that. quite frankly from people who support the anti-trafficking movement a lot of it is very rooted in misogyny it's not actually anti-sex trafficking it's just anti-sex a lot of people in it actually have no qualms about human trafficking or labor trafficking as long as sex isn't involved they just don't want women having sex or being able to make money off having sex like that is um really where like the biggest thing is it's not about protecting children it's not about finding traffickers it's it's not about those things so yeah Um, But these findings are actually in line with a spate of previous previous research linking liberalized sex work laws to decreases in sexual violence. For instance, a 2018 study showed that rapes in Rhode Island decreased when the state temporarily decriminalized indoor prostitution. A 2017 study found fewer sexual assaults after legal street prostitution zones were opened in 25 Dutch cities. And yet another uh, 2017 study linked to the launch of Craigslist erotic services adds to a decreased rate in female homicides. I'm so glad that I made it uh, to the end of the story here, <laughs> to the end of the article, because this when I saw the headline and read the beginning of this, that was the first thing I thought about was the Craigslist erotic services.
1: Now the Craigslist story, Judy Woodruff has our report. For 50 million Americans, the world's largest classified website, craigslist.org, is the place to go to swap furniture, land a better job, and even find a new pet. But the San Francisco-based site also posts ads for adult services. Craigslist has long claimed the spot was created only for legitimate adult businesses. And reportedly, the company had expected it to generate $36 million in revenue this year. But this weekend, amid a lot of debate, the company shut down that section and placed a black censored label over where the link used to be. There was no comment from Craigslist whether these changes were permanent.
0: I did pull this up. This was um, a study that was done at Washington State University from David uh, Macon. I don't know if that's how he pronounces his name. It's M-A-K-I-N. And Samantha, I also don't know how to pronounce this last name, T-J-A-D-E-N. Oh. And this is the abstract. I'm not going to read the whole study because it's quite long, but just something worth noting. Prior research has associated Craigslist.com and Backpage.com as sources of victimization which in part resulted in the closure of the erotic services uh, of each respective website. However, research also claims the introduction of Craigslist was associated with a reduction in female homicide rates across 30 large cities. This research acts as a supplemental analysis to Cunningham et al. by analyzing if Backpage.com, considered to be Craigslist's successor, had a similar effect on female homicide rates. When including measures of interest in each respective website, we find Backpage is associated with a decrease in homicide rates for women, The purpose of the study is to extend the study conducted by Cunningham through supplemental analysis to determine the effect of online clearinghouses of female homicide rates, uh, interest measures in Backpage, along with female homicide rates from 120 single metropolitan and micropolitan areas over a 14-year period, 2004 to 2018 were analyzed using multiple regression analyses the regression analyses show that there is a statistically significant relationship between interest in backpage and homicide rates for women we find backpage is associated with a decrease in homicide rates for women Now, if anyone has been listening to sex workers this whole time, something sex workers love to tell you is that being able to screen online and talk to other sex workers and have community online is a safety issue. This was one of the biggest fears when SESTA-FOSTA passed and Backpage went down, was people, one, didn't have anywhere to advertise, but where they advertise is oftentimes where they screen. So people lost the ability to screen potential clients, and two, being on those websites allowed sex workers to find each other and create community so uh, things could be passed around, for example, a bad a list to say, you know, this person who's calling from this number, this name, a lot of sex workers um, need photo identification for their screening processes. We'll be like, this person in this photo, this name, this phone number is a dangerous person. Stay away from this person. So when SESTA-FOSTA passed, it suddenly became illegal to talk about that. Great. Kind of how they're doing with abortion now. It's almost as if the prototype was already in place and no one cared because it was sex workers. But, ah. um, you know, the idea was that... Backpage allowed sex workers to be safer as they were working because they had screening tools and community safety options. Once those went down, people started being put in more and more danger. Uh, That was something sex workers warned about, and even after Backpage went down, police themselves started saying that trafficking increased, actually, um, and it was harder to find victims of trafficking without being able to use um, online services to track them or look for clues. So, um, yeah, anyone who listened to sex workers knows that, but yeah, keep in mind that female homicide rates go down and rape rates go down when sex workers have more rights and yet here we are despite this evidence we are looking at we're still seeing um, the anti-trafficking movement the prohibitionist movement right the anti-sex work movement still pushing policies that have literally been proven repeatedly multiple times to cause more pain suffering Uh, to women to cause more sexual assaults, more sexual abuse, more murders of women, and yet they're still pushing these policies. So it's really hard to sit here from this um, perspective, knowing not only uh, having spoken to sex workers about what sex workers need and sex workers being very clear and articulate about it, not only having these studies, right, and the uh, the anti-sex work movement is still saying no, let's keep going this way. It was never about protecting sex workers. It was never about helping victims of trafficking. It was always about stopping or trying to control the way that people have sex. Always has been, always will be. And that's that.